Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Who's a Good Dog? I'm Kate Lever. I'm a journalist and author of the book Good Dog. And in this podcast, I'm joined, as always, by my favourite living creature, a Shih Tzu called Bert. He accepts payment for his role on the podcast in cheese. Each episode, we will be talking to someone wonderful about their favourite living creatures, the dogs who share their homes and their lives. Today, I'm going to hear about two dogs known as Josie and Floppy. They are fed, walked and cuddled by none other than author, podcaster and legend John Ronson. John wrote my favourite book, The Psychopath Test, So You've Been Publicly Shamed and The Men Who Stare at Goats. John, I assume you don't stare at many goats these days. Are you then a man who stares at his dogs? Uh, yeah, but I also stare at goats because I'm living in the countryside now. One of my neighbours has got lots of goats and I go around there and I do. For anyone who hasn't read John's book, that is the topic of the book. Yeah, it, it was about how the US military was training soldiers to kill goats just by staring at them. They had this secret unit at what I call Goat Lab, where the idea is they'd go in there, throw like a hand grenade into a room full of goats, and then like blow the goats up. And then like the soldiers would go in and nurse the goats back to health. Oh my God. Uh, but that was to do with like training, conventional medical training for, for the battlefield. But the mm-hmm. psychic warriors, the ones who wanted to try out paranormal things, they thought, well, we've got all of these goats you know, we might as well try killing them just by staring at them. But Goat Lab, I discovered to my horror, used to be called Dog Lab. It started. Oh. They used to do all of this, all of this stuff to no. dogs. Yes, oh. but the but the soldiers got very upset because they didn't want to, like you know, blow up dogs and nurse them back to yep. health. And so I swear, you know, oh, well, this is true from my research. The uh, somebody decided, well, it's much harder to form an emotional bond with a goat than with a dog. So Dog Lab became Goat Lab. 
oh my god wow yeah. yeah i mean it's horrifying but i you know i sort of feel awful for um being so okay with goats being blown up but in comparison to dogs it seems yeah. that i am i don't know what that says about me I mean, maybe not so okay but yeah comparatively <laughs> less upset. comparatively okay with the yeah with the blowing up of goats uh, but do i stare at dogs um yeah like, like all the time in fact josie my dog was literally just before we started this interview was just staring at me because my wife usually what happens is that elaine gives them the morning walk like takes them out to mm-hmm. for like a two-hour walk in the morning oh, um, lucky dogs. yeah and then I give them I give Josie because Floppy doesn't need it but I give Josie like a, a, a an early afternoon walk but this morning Elaine was so busy she didn't take the dogs out so just before we started this interview Josie was like just sitting there just staring at me wanting me to like take her out <laughs> and I didn't because instead I was going to go on a podcast talking about what a great dog owner I am so I was like oh, yeah. rege- I was neglecting <laughs> Josie so I could like boast about my you know well you know she's being paid in exposure (laughs) (laughs) so let's meet Josie and Floppy tell me a little bit about them how old are they when did they come into your life they're both old Floppy just well Floppy either just turned 13 or just turned 12 We're, we're not totally sure uh lost track yeah Josie or no more like we have we have contradictory documentation (laughs) Uh, Josie is two years younger, so Josie's either 11 or 10. Floppy was our first dog ever. Like, I never had a dog before, Elaine never had a dog before. Mm. Elaine's mother would say to her, you can't get a dog because when they die, you get upset. That was Elaine's. Look, I mean, that's a sensible warning, but it It is, is. I guess, the risk we take. Well, yeah. To love these dogs. But also, I mean, of course, but but actually it was a bad warning because Elaine went to her entire childhood not having... Dogless. Dogless. And the first, you know, 20 years of our marriage or whatever, dogless. Mm. Um, So what made you decide to get one? It was... was, Or two. It was all Elaine's. Well, it was was all Elaine. Like, she she was entirely in charge of the entire thing. So Elaine did a lot of sourcing and decided that what she wanted was a Tibetan terrier. So Mm -hmm. we found one and, like, said to the breeder, uh, we've never had a dog before, will you give us an easy one? So so they gave us, like, Floppy. (laughs) And Floppy is indeed the, the world's easiest dog. Like, oh bless yeah him, him. um oh him oh my god yeah yeah of course josie's the, josie's, josie's the lady josie's the, the lady uh so floppy's incredibly easy he's his interests are uh hiding my socks eating <laughs> he's on steroids at the moment and my god he's like an eating monster he just follows me around just sobbing if i don't give him a dinner does he sometimes sort of play you and your wife off each other and get double dinner? No, because Elaine is is very unshakable and that she won't give him any of her food, whereas I'm just constantly slipping both of them <laughs> food under the table. So he's a Tibetan terrier, which kind of means, you know, they're trained to sit close to you but not give you that much affection. Like, like in mm-hmm. Tibet, I believe... Uh, the idea is that the Tibetan terriers sit sort of just outside the monk's house as a sort of, you know, dogs with responsibility. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. they don't attack. They're not attack dogs. They're definitely not mm. cuddly, like, you know, because uh, they sort of sit there and make sure everything's okay and then just let you know if they're not. 
And that is like what Floppy is. Like he loves to be with us all the time, but he doesn't sort of lean in for cuddles. It's like, I am a dog with responsibilities. I'm a serious dog. I've got to sit close to you, make sure everything's okay. If a motorbike goes by, I, you know, I'll chase the fuck out of it. Like, um, (laughs) because that's the enemy. But so Which is lucky because, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're at risk of motorbikes coming into our homes during dinner, all sorts of oh, things they protect us from. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Yeah, Floppy, as I emailed you the other night, Floppy reminds me of Anthony Hopkins in The Remains of the Day. Like, dutiful, allows affection, but doesn't love it. Oh, bless. So after a couple of years, we thought, you know, Floppy's like the greatest dog in the world, but he's not giving us everything that we want. We also yep. would like some... We need a cuddler. Yeah, some lolloping stupidity. <laughs> uh, and so along came Josie. Elaine was actually at a garden centre. Neither, neither of them are rescue dogs. Um, mm-hmm. Although I think Elaine feels that she did rescue Josie from the garden centre. Mm-hmm. She was, Fair enough. She, a very dangerous place. Yeah. Well, she was the runt <laughs> of the litter. All the other... She was the only girl... All the other dogs in the litter were like having fun together, and she was cowering at the side, at the end of the cage. So it was a kind of rescue. So Elaine phoned me up and said, "I'm at the garden centre. There's a dog here. I think I want to buy." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, you know, we don't. <laughs> we we already spent. You know, we already spent. You know, we weren't particularly, you know, well off at that moment in our lives." And I'm like, "No, we spent enough money on Floppy. I don't want another dog. Like, no." Don't come back with mm-hmm. another dog. So obviously she came back with another she dog. She came back with another dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just... She sounds like me. She sounds like a woman after my own right. heart. I feel like I would understand her, yeah. her motivations in that situation. But I'm so glad that she did because like, I love Josie. Like, jo- I love Josie more than anything. Like jo- me and Josie are so, oh. she's just been, she's enriched my life so much. Our life would have been so much worse if she hadn't come back. Do you know, I wanted to ask you, John, because I basically wrote a whole book about dogs because I was so moved by how my dog behaves when I go through episodes of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was basically an excuse to get some canine experts on the phone and quiz them about my theory that dogs can smell depression. But Bert, my rescue shih tzu, lies across my chest when I'm sad and behaves very differently when I am going through depression. Um You've spoken about being an anxious person and certainly during a pandemic things have been tense for various reasons. Do you feel that perhaps Josie in particular helps you with your anxiety? I mean, she's an anxious dog too. Like, like she always acts, she acts like like she's had some really dark shit happen to her. Um, <laughs> you don't know what happened in the garden centre. Well, that's the thing. It's like if dark shit happened to her, it was just like... A, couple of weeks at the garden centre like it wasn't that bad uh, surely like it wasn't that bad but yeah Josie does help my anxiety like like just the simple you know having a dog there you can just stroke and that definitely helps um the other day though I, I got out of bed I'm suffering from a condition called diverticulitis um mm-hmm. that's a word that I never thought I'd know as well as I now do um you can theoretically manage it by eating the right stuff. So mm-hmm. for the last sort of month or so, I've been eating the right stuff and, and it's completely staved off. Like I'm having like no symptoms at all right now. Um, but Great. but about a month ago when I was having like an acute episode, I got out of bed 
and fell on the floor and, and couldn't move. I had a sort of mix of, of, the, of diverticulitis plus some sciatica. And I, and I sort of fell, fell on the floor and couldn't move. And both dogs came up to me. And I, thought, and I did, as I was lying there, like writhing in agony, I did, I did think to myself, like, I'm going to be interested to see how, like, my two dogs respond to this <laughs> incident. So Floppy just lay quite close to me. Um, mm-hmm. like a Tibetan would. Like, I don't want to get involved mm. in this emotion, but I'm quite happy to, like, sit nearby and, I guess, protect you from motorbikes. Uh, yep. And jo- <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. And Josie came up to me, like, got underneath me because I was on all fours trying to stand up. Um, so I'm on all fours trying to get up. Josie gets underneath me, licks my face from underneath and then lies on the floor wanting a tummy rub. And, oh, very helpful. Yeah, and I thought to myself, <laughs> I think when Josie presents her tummy for a tummy rub, she actually thinks she's providing us with a service when, in fact, I'm doing oh. all... You know, we're the ones doing... We're all doing all the rubbing. Like, we're doing all the work. So I think... Yeah. So I thought at that point, like, Josie probably felt like presenting me with her stomach was her doing something to help. Do. Yeah. Yeah, oh... I wanted to ask, because Bert, my dog, officially goes by Bert or Bertie in sort of formal situations might be Gilbert or Bertrand or Albert. It's kind of like the reverse of a nickname. He also goes by Nugget, Dumpling, Butternut Squash, Button Mushroom, Darling, whatever ridiculous sort of cute um, name I think of when I'm looking at him. So Josie and Floppy, do they have unofficial stupid stuff that you call them? Um, not so much the names, um, but what I do do is have, in, have very long conversations where I play all, all, all parts, which go on forever. And they have very distinct, in my imagination when I'm doing this bit, they have very distinct personalities, uh, where Josie is, is, is a very verbose deep thinker and floppy is this <laughs> it's, it's sort of a bit like like frankenstein's monster from uh, that from that mel brooks film uh, and do they have different accents different voices yeah yeah josie some, and i sometimes mix it up sometimes josie sounds a little bit like the queen but mainly she just sounds like a very <laughs> thoughtful use use lots of big words Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. whereas Floppy just sort of grunts very simple thoughts. <laughs> and is the audience for these skits the dogs or the rest of your family? Well, usually Elaine or Joel are in the room, but I do find myself doing it quite often when it's just <laughs> me, Floppy, and Jesse. <laughs> do you know what? In your defence and also in my defence, I did actually read a study quite some time ago that says that people who talk to their pets are actually more intelligent. Right. So, you know, feel free to quote that if anyone ever mocks you for having conversations with your dogs or around yeah. your dogs or doing full-length plays about your dogs. Yeah, well, I'm um, playing all three parts. Well, I will, I will. I've got to say I do it so often that I I, I forget that I'm not actually channeling their thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I actually feel that I really am having this conversation between the three of us. Do you also make up songs about things they're doing or things you want them to know? Uh, I'm sure I do. It's all part of the thing. It's all part, <laughs> it's all part of this like 12-year-long deep-level discourse between the three of us <laughs> so yes I'm sure uh, and how do they how do they respond to this kind of theatrics I think they're unaware that it's happening I've given them so much human 
characteristics because of these conversations to a large extent. And I forget that it isn't, that Josie isn't talking to me. It is just me making it up. I get into this sort of weird state, you know, where I can be extremely sort of verbose, loquacious. Um, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. totally forget that, it, that it's me. It's not Josie. Like when I'm doing it, I really think I'm having a conversation with Josie and Floppy. I really do. And they're talking back and that I'm just channeling their thoughts, which I'm clearly not because I've got no idea what they're <laughs> thinking. But but then when they do, you know, and then sometimes, uh, tell me if you feel the same way, like sometimes I just, I forget they're a dog. Like they then act in a way that's so dog-like. Like they oh, get, yeah. Yeah, that I think, oh, oh, yeah, no, you are a dog. Yeah, I mean, we have very detailed, long-running sort of projections of what he's thinking and doing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time in our imagination of what Bert is thinking, his kind of personality is, is he's not a deep thinker, <sighs> which I think is pretty accurate. Um, um, there's often not a lot going on in his head. Mm. Um, That's how I present Floppy. Um, yeah. As not a thinker <laughs> who can just grunt out the simplest thoughts. And then, and then the, the, the gag is that then I switch to Josie and she's like this smart, she's so clever. She's more of a conversationalist. Yeah, and goes into, yeah. I also, I'm a bit passive aggressive with it. Like, like when Josie's talking, Floppy is the other dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joel is the boy. <laughs> Elaine is the woman. And I'm the only, I'm the only one she's interested in. everybody, my name's Helen. And I'm Kobe. And we're from Flix Watcher, a podcast in the strip media family. We are a movie podcast and we review films that are just on Netflix in the UK. So if you've ever struggled to find a film on Netflix to watch, we're the podcast for you. We have guests on from other podcasts, big and small, just like these guys that you listen to now. They choose the films and we rate them and discuss them with our unique scoring system. You can find Flix Watcher on any podcast app by searching Flix Watcher. That's F L I X Watcher. And if you want more information about any of the other podcasts in the Strip Media family, just visit www.stripped.media to find out more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I've been thinking about all the dogs, how they'll react as a lot of people go back to the office mm. or you know, travel and deign to leave the house and therefore the company of their dog. There must be some devastated animals. Yeah. As it is, you know, my whole life is basically at home anyway. I, I work from home. Um, Bert is my editorial assistant um, in all projects I do, so he's, he just probably didn't really even notice the difference. Although I will say he's become more of a stickler for routine okay. throughout the pandemic. First of all, I think he can tell time remarkably well. Mm -hmm. Um, But because, you know, especially during lockdown, we got into such a set routine because it was the only thing keeping us sane of, you know, going for a walk to, you know, our government mandated exercise outside at the same time and all of that sort of stuff. Now, if it gets past, you know, sort of 9am when we usually take him for his walk, he really lets his opinions be heard about needing to get going. And the same if I'm working past 6pm, he's like, come on, it's dinner time, (laughs) off we go. So he's become, you know, really very rigid about his schedule. Yeah, Josie too. Like most days I give Josie like a walk in the afternoon. Like I'm going to do that as soon as this is over. Mm. Um, She's got her place she wants to go. She wants to go up to the cemetery. So she stands at the front gate because the cemetery's a walk and the car's at the back. I don't like taking her to the cemetery um, for the following nine reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One, because it's a really big hill. The cemetery's at the top of a really big hill with a great view of the Catskill Mountains, which I can't help thinking is like wasted on the dead. Yeah. I should build a house there, but you know what happens if you build a house in a cemetery? We've all seen Poltergeist. So that's reason one. Reason two is like there's quite often people there staring at the graves of their loved ones. So they don't want Josie galloping by trying to dig up the bodies, uh, which is what she does. I imagine they do not. Yeah. So I try and avoid taking Josie to the cemetery. I find it a bit stressful. Instead, I take her to this beautiful house about 15 minutes away called Claremont which is a um you like a country park kind of house beautiful yeah where there's less trouble although a shitload of lime carrying ticks that's our that's our big issue around here like you have to check you and your dogs like every day for ticks like every day because like, like every day you'll find one on you and then if you leave it it'll give you Lyme disease we found one on Bert once when we were, we took him to France for a bit and um, we had to look up how to correctly remove one on YouTube because you can do it wrong and leave part of it in there. It's like a perfect exchange. Your dogs protect you from all possible motorbike appearances. You protect them the from ticks. small critters who may, you know, Give you endanger disease. them. Yeah. <laughs> floppy, yeah, exactly. They've also been, you know, Floppy nearly died a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it was really, I mean, literally, like the vet said, you need to say goodbye to your dog. Oh, God. He's not going to last the night. What happened? Just suddenly. It's happened twice. It happened about six years ago. And um, and it happened again like a month or two ago. He just totally, like, shut down. Like, shut down. And um, uh, so we took him to, like, an animal hospital. And uh, honestly, everyone was saying, like, like, the vet was on speakerphone talking to the doctor at the animal hospital, basically Mm. saying, like, in front of us, like, yeah, no, it's not going to last the night. 
Um, oh God! Yeah, and uh, oh, do you know I could really cry about yeah, that today? But you That's know what? Awful. You know what? He pulled through. He, not only did he pull through, he's like livelier than ever, partly because of the steroids. I think. Oh yeah, what I that'll call, help. What I call liveliness, others might call roid rage. <laughs> uh, well as long as he's still around yeah no he made a oh. total recovery to the extent that the people at the vets were like you know we can't believe it it's like wow. yeah the soldier that we assumed had died in vietnam 20 years ago has come home oh my god thank goodness so he's totally fine i gotta say oh. you know who didn't like they get on really well floppy and Josie, like really well mm. but i've got to say like she was she didn't know. She didn't notice. Him gone. <laughs> and when and when he came back, it was very much like, "Oh, the other dog's back." <laughs> but you know, they get on really well. They look after each other. Floppy once saved Josie's life. Oh my God! This is when we were living in Highgate. This story is so painful. I, I don't think I've ever even said it out loud before. But but I'll tell you. So it was when Josie was a little puppy. God, I hope I don't well up telling this story. Um, <laughs> I, if you do, I will, don't okay. worry. I was upstairs. <laughs> I, I think I was probably, just to like date it, I think I was probably writing the psychopath test at the time. And mm-hmm. I was upstairs working on the psychopath test and I heard Floppy like barking like hell downstairs for quite a while, for like five minutes. I was like, oh, for God's sake. Everyone else was out. And I was like, oh, shut up, Floppy. But he just like was kept going. It was relentless. And after a few minutes, I thought, okay, this actually sounds like something. So I went downstairs. Mm. And what had happened was it was the, we'd taken away the Christmas tree, but the Christmas tree base was still there. And mm. Josie's, like, collar had somehow... I mean, now I never let them... I, I never have them wearing their collars in the house, like, never. Mm. But we just didn't think about it at the time. Uh, Josie's collar had got caught up in this Christmas tree base. And she was, like, running around the room pulling with her neck this Christmas tree base and Floppy was just going crazy like running around in circles trying to warn me to you know Mm. that this was happening so I went downstairs and you know got her out and it was all fine but but that was certainly a moment of Floppy like but I tell you what in return (laughs) ever since Floppy's been back from the hospital Josie's main message to me has been no the other dog doesn't need any more special treatment (laughs) the other dog's (laughs) fine now (laughs) <laughs> you don't need to give, you don't need to cuddle the dog more Aww. cuddle me more well she's the cuddler anyway yeah that's true, that's true. <laughs> floppy probably wouldn't accept it he's too stoic you know yeah. got to get through his recovery but when moments like that happen when moments like that happen you really do realize that there's a whole thing there's a whole other layer of intelligence going on with dogs we were in norway one time on a dog sled expedition and yep. the guy got lost, like he wasn't good. He was not a good mm-hmm. guide. He got us lost in the snowy wilderness, in the dark. Oh dear. And, you know, we were in like proper danger, like Joel was probably five years old, six years old. If it had happened the following night, there was a big snowstorm the following night and, you know, we, we could have died. But it happened mm-hmm. the night before mm-hmm. when it was quite clear. But the dogs, like these huskies, were desperately trying to pull us in one way and the the guide who didn't know what he was doing and was panicking and didn't want to admit that he was panicking was like ignoring the dogs and then the photographer who was with us because I was doing it as a story went off and found a cabin 
and like broke into the cabin and we all like slept in this cabin that we broke into. And the dogs though were trying to lead us to the cabin. Like we found oh. like so so Of course they were. Yeah. So all of these dogs would were, were like, you know, look, we could make this okay, just fucking follow us and and the guide yeah. was ignoring them. Ignore dogs at your own peril mm-hmm. a lot. You know, well, I mean <laughs> Some dog, you know, Bert needs to be ignored a lot of the time because he, like, he gets really, really, really upset about sort of the movement of wind in the leaves in the garden and imagines some sort of phantom beast that he has to defeat. So, you know, sometimes it's okay to to ignore dogs, but I feel like if you're in a a Norwegian storm and and well-trained huskies are telling you where to go. Yes, (laughs) I strongly agree. One of the dogs, here's my other memory of that pack of huskies, one of the dogs was like misbehaving and another dog bit it in its ear and I actually drew a bit of blood. Um, oh my God. But this was like clearly like a dog thing. Like, mm. like the the dog was telling the other dog to stop like being an asshole. Misbehaving, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pulling him into line. Yeah, yeah. But I'm with you with Bert. I mean, Floppy gets outraged. Like if someone's doing yoga, like anything, anything in the park that seems unconventional, Floppy gets very upset about. Mm. Um, he'll go up and yell at people doing yoga or, you know, things like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a real embarrassment. But the other day got like irate about some children on scooters. Just, you know, morally opposed to scooters, apparently. I didn't know that before, but. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So I'm going to lead you into a couple of quick fire questions that you can answer on behalf of Josie or Floppy or both. Okay. Question number one, where do they sleep at night? Oh, in our, in, well, um, in our bedroom, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, Floppy tends to lie on the floor next to the bed to make sure there's no mm-hmm. motorbikes. And then Josie will, Josie tends to start in our bed then move to the floor, move to the bathroom. And just as I'm starting to get up at about five, Josie will come into the bed and like give me like a cuddle before I get up. I have morning cuddles too. It's a very good way to start the day. No, but do you let do you let Bert well, sleep in your bed? Do you know what? I um this is a great topic of contention with me and my partner, but we've decided that Bert uh, has evening cuddles right up until bedtime, and then Jono, my boyfriend, picks him up and like carries him to bed, right. which is just on the other side of our bedroom door. Okay, and so you he don't... does actually sleep outside the bedroom, mm-hmm. mainly um, because he likes to make this noise all night. and my boyfriend doesn't like it uh and then um first thing in the morning he comes in for morning cuddles which is where he kind of he leaps up and makes kind of a croissant shape uh, in my arms and we stay there for about half an hour while I read to start the day Uh and he goes back to sleep that's very sweet that's very sweet How many hours on average do you reckon they sleep a day? Uh, I'd say 14. Have they ever destroyed something precious? Both of them have destroyed headphones. Mm, Yeah, they've destroyed headphones. (laughs) 
A little bit of me sometimes, and again, this is something that I dare not speak out loud. I sometimes uh, think that they might have bullied our cat Monty to death. And Monty just oh. gave up the ghost and just thought, oh, fuck this, I'm, I'm just going to die. That's quite a power move. <laughs> yeah, before, before we had Josie, Floppy and Monty got on pretty well. And in fact, when we moved house, we moved from Islington to Highgate. And in the sort of stress of the move, Floppy and Monty, for like the only time I could remember, sort of mm. s- sat together, like to comfort each other. Um, But then when we got Josie, I'm afraid the dynamic changed and Josie and Floppy kind of ganged up a little bit on Monty. Mm. And Mm -hmm. and a few months later, Monty just just died. And sometimes I wonder whether Monty just thought there's no place for me here anymore. Can they do any tricks? And also, what is your stance on making dogs do tricks? Uh, No, like I don't want dogs to do tricks mm. i'm always uncomfortable about the whole master slave thing mm-hmm. like even having a dog like i do put the dogs on leash I, well i'm very happy for floppy to be off leash but josie stays on leash most of the time because she can't be trusted mm. but yeah i find the whole leash thing difficult it's like what am i some kind of is it, am i some kind of dominatrix here <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, like i don't want to control my dogs but with josie you really have you have to so I'm, I'm always really uncomfortable about anything that makes me the sort of master in, the, in that or, mm. or indeed any situation. Like I want to have control over my own life, but I don't want to have control over anybody else's life. Do they have any accessories, items of clothing, costumes, anything like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Well, when we lived in the city, um, they have to have little boots because in the winter they put all of this salt <gasps> oh everywhere to stop the snow. And, oh, my God, does Floppy shriek like an idiot if he gets... <laughs> is that... when, he, when he sees the boots? No, no, when he, if he gets salt in his paws. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Floppy does not suffer in silence. <laughs> Josie suffers in okay. silence, but Floppy just lets out the loudest scream. <laughs> like, ah! um, so, yeah, little boots for the salt, little, I don't know, little high visibility coats for the winter months. Yes. So mostly practical clothing rather than... Rather than a little hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't give them like little doggy bowler hats. John, do you, Josie or Floppy, have any upcoming projects you'd like to tell us about before we go? Josie intends to try and get me to the cemetery to find that groundhog that she found (laughs) hiding underneath the grave the other day. So Josie's upcoming project is to try and smell animals at the cemetery. Uh, Floppy's upcoming project is to eat my dinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I've got a few upcoming projects, but they're all still a little bit too early uh, to talk about. Secret. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have stuff out this year, but none of it's been announced yet. Well, I can't wait to hear. Um, and in the meantime, they'll remain secret. Thank you so much, John. Thank you so much for chatting to me. Okay, it was a pleasure. Um, thank you. Now I have to stop talking about Josie and actually. Pull her around the park. Yeah, well, I hope she finds some really good smells. Thank you for listening to Who's a Good Dog. 
If you liked the show, subscribe in your favourite podcast app and tell your friends at the dog park. If you didn't, keep it to yourself. If you really, really liked it, I actually wrote a whole book about dogs. It's called Good Dog, celebrating the dogs who change and sometimes even save our lives. It's about my dog, Bert, and how he helped me through depression, and 10 other good girls and boys who've helped their people too. There's a diabetic alert dog, a Labrador who works in a Northern Irish prison, and a schnoodle who helps dementia patients remember themselves. Basically, if you like dogs, I can almost guarantee you'll like this book. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at KateIlever. This episode of Who's a Good Dog was produced by Arlie Adlington. Original music is by Luke Batt and the artwork is by Ryan Hodge. Atmospheric snoring by Bert the Shih Tzu. a good dog. You just heard a stripped media production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.